reading the parasha out of the complete Jewish Bible, translated by David Stern. But we are <coughs> doing our Shabbat readings according to Hebrew roots, and that would be Dean Wheelock. So today is May 14th on Mount Sinai, and we begin with Leviticus 25, 1, page 139. Adonai spoke to Moses on Mount Sinai. He said, tell the people of Israel, when you enter the land I am giving you, the land itself is to observe a Shabbat rest for Adonai. Six years you will sow your field, six years you will prune your grapevines and gather their produce. But in the seventh year it is to be a Shabbat of complete rest for the land. A Shabbat for Adonai. You will neither sow your field nor prune your grapevines. You are not to harvest what grows by itself from the seeds left by your previous harvest. And you are not to gather the grapes of your unimportant tended vine. It is to be a year of complete rest for the land. For what the land produces during the year of Shabbat will be food for all of you. You, your servants, your maid, your employee, anyone living near you, your livestock, and the wild animals on your land. Everything the land produces may be used for food. Shabbat Shalom. You are to count seven Shabbats of years. Seven times seven years, that is, 49 years. Then, on the tenth day of the seventh month, on Yom Kippur, you are to sound a blast on the shofar. You are to sound the shofar all through your land. And you are to consecrate the fifteenth year proclaiming freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. 50th. Oh, I'm sorry. That's right. That's the... um, Jubilee. Jubilee. Oh, my goodness. So I'll go back and read it again. You are to count seven Shabbats of years, seven times seven years, that is, 49 years. Then on the 10th day of the seventh month on Yom Kippur, you are to sound the blast of the shofar. You are to sound the shofar all through your land, and you are to consecrate the 50th year, proclaiming freedom throughout the land to all its inhabitants. It will be a jubilee for you. You will return everyone to the land he owns, and everyone is to return to his family. That 50th year will be a jubilee for you. In that year, you are not to sow, harvest, or harvest what grows by itself, or gather the grapes of unintended vines, because it is a jubilee. It will be holy for you. Whatever the fields produce will be food for all of you. In this year of Jubilee, every one of you is to return to the land he owns. If you sell anything to your neighbor or buy anything from him, 
Neither of you is to exploit the other. Rather, you are to take into account the number of years after the Jubilee when you buy land from your neighbor, and he is to sell to you according to the number of years crops will be raised. If the number of years remaining is large, you will raise the price. If few years remain, you will lower it, because what he is really selling you is the number of crops to be produced. Thus, you're not to take advantage of each other, but you are to fear your God, for I am Adonai, your God. Rather, you are to keep my regulations and rulings and act accordingly. If you do, you will live securely in the land. The land will yield its produce, and you will eat until you have enough, and you will live there securely. If you ask, if we aren't allowed to sow seed or harvest what our land produces, what are we going to eat the seventh year? Then I will order my blessing on you during the sixth year, so that the land brings forth enough produce for all three years. The eighth year you will sow seed, but eat the old stored produce until the ninth year, that is, until the produce of the eighth year comes in. You will eat the old stored food. The land is not to be sold in perpetuity, because the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and temporary residents with me. Therefore, when you sell your property, you must include the right of redemption. That is, if one of you becomes poor and sells some of his property, his next of kin can come and buy back what his relatives sold. If the seller has no one to redeem it, but becomes rich enough to redeem it himself, he will calculate the number of years the land was sold for. Refund the excess to its buyer and return to his property. If he hasn't sufficient means to get it back himself, then what he sold will remain in the hands of the buyer until the year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee, the buyer will vacate it and the seller return to his property. If someone sells a dwelling in a walled city, he has one year after the date of sale in which to redeem it. For a full year, he will have the right of redemption. But if he has not redeemed the dwelling in the walled city within the year, then title in perpetuity passes to the buyer through all his generations. It will not revert in the Jubilee. However, houses and villages not surrounded by walls are to be dealt with like the fields in the countryside. They may be redeemed before the Jubilee, and they revert in the Jubilee. Concerning the cities of the Levites and the houses in the cities they possess, the Levites are to have a permanent right of redemption. If someone purchases a house from one of the Levi, then the house he sold in the city where he owns the property will still revert to him in the Jubilee because the houses in the cities of the Levi are their tribe's possession among the people of Israel. 
The fields and the open land around their cities may not be sold because that is their permanent possession. If a member of your people has become poor so that he can't support himself among you, you are to assist him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident so that he can continue living with you. Do not charge him interest or otherwise profit from him, but fear your God so that your brother can continue living with you. Do not take interest when you loan him money or take profit when you sell him food. I am Adonai your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt in order to give you the land of Canaan and be your God. If a member of your people has become poor among you and sells himself to you, do not make him do the work of a slave. Rather, you are to treat him like an employee or a tenant. He will work for you until the year of Jubilee. Then he will leave you, he and his children with him, and return to his own family and regain possession of his ancestral land. <coughs> for they are my slaves, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. Therefore, they are not to be sold as slaves. Do not treat him harshly, but fear your God. Concerning the men and women you may have as slaves, you are to buy men and women slaves from the nations surrounding you. You may also buy the children of foreigners living with you and members of their families born in your land. You may own these. You may also bequeath them to your children to own. From these groups you may take your slaves forever. But as far as your brothers, the people of Israel are concerned, you are not to treat each other harshly. If a foreigner living with you has grown rich, and a member of your people has become poor, and sells himself to this foreigner living with you, or to a member of the foreigner's family, he may be redeemed after he has been sold. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle, or his uncle's son may redeem him, or any near relative of his may redeem him, or if he becomes rich, he may redeem himself. He will calculate with the person who bought him the time from the year he sold himself to him to the year of Jubilee. And the amount to be paid will be according to the number of years and his time at an employee's wage. If many years remain according to them, will he refund the amount for his redemption from the amount he was bought for? If there remain only a few years until the year of Jubilee, then he will calculate with him according to his years, will he refund the amount for his redemption. He will be like a worker hired year by year. You will see to it that he is not treated harshly. If he has not been redeemed by any of these procedures, Nevertheless, he will go free in the year of Jubilee, he and his children with him. For to me, the people of Israel are slaves. They are my slaves, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am Adonai, your God.
life. Uh, oh, excuse me. You are not to make yourselves any idols, erect or carved statue or standing stone or place any carved stone anywhere in your land in order to bow down to it. I am Adonai, your God. Keep my Shabbats and revere my sanctuary. I am Adonai. If I may say something, uh, in today's world, we still use a seven-year rule that I've come across in my lifetime. It is a statue of limitations. So um, if there are debts on a person and seven years pass with no activity, those debts can be completely um, redeemed or completely erased. And that is the seven-year rule for the statute of limitations in today's law. So many of our laws actually came from these biblical references that God instructed us with. I'm very thankful that I recognize that, and I hope you all see it as well. And then the half tower for today is Jeremiah 32, 6 through 27. And that's page 602. Jeremiah said, This word of Adonai came to me. An Amel, the son of your uncle Shalom, will approach you and say, By my field and adopt. You have next of kin's right to redeem it, so buy it. As Adonai had said, My cousin Hamanel, came to me in the guards' quarters and said, Please buy my field at Anonot, in the territory of Benjamin, because you will inherit it, and you are to have next of kin's right to redeem it, so buy it for yourself. Then I was certain that this was Adonai's word. So I bought the field at Anatot, which belonged to my cousin Hamanel and weighed out the money for him, seven ounces of silver shekels. I signed on the purchase contract, sealed it, called witnesses, and weighed out the money for him on the balance scale. I took the purchase contract, both the sealed copy with the terms and the conditions and the unsealed copy, and gave the purchase contract to Baruchah, the son of Niryah, the son of Mashkala in the presence of my cousin Hamanel, the witness who had signed the purchase contract and the people from Judah, sitting by the guards' quarters. In their presence, I instructed Baruch as follows. Here is what Adonai Tazavo, the God of Israel, says. Take these contracts, both the sealed and the unsealed copies, and place them in a clay jar so that they can be preserved for a long time. For Adonai Tazavo, the God of Israel, says that one day <coughs> homes, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. After giving the purchase contract to Baruch, son of Neriah, I pray to Adonai. Adonai God, you made heaven and earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You display your grace to thousands, but also repay the guilt of the fathers into the lap of their children who follow them. 
great powerful God whose name is Adonai Shalom. Great in counsel, mighty indeed. Your eyes are open to all the ways of human beings in order to repay one according to his ways, according to the consequences of what he does. You gave signs and performed miracles in the land of Egypt, which continue to this day, also in Israel and among other people. Thus you made yourself the reputation you have today. You brought your people of Israel out of the land of Egypt with signs and miracles, with a strong hand and an outstretched arm and with great terror. Then you gave them this land, which you had sworn to their ancestors that you would give them, a land flowing with milk and honey. They entered and took possession of it, but they did not pay attention to your voice, did not live according to your Torah, and did nothing of all you ordered them to do. Therefore you made this complete disaster befall them. The siege works are already there. They have come to the city to capture it. And the city, by means of sword, famine, and plague, is being handed over to the Kazdim, fighting against it. What you foretold is being fulfilled. Here you see it yourself. Yet you, Adonai, God, have said to me, Buy the field for money and call witnesses even as the city is being turned over to the casting. Then this word of Adonai came to Jeremiah. Look, I am God, the God of every living creature. Is there anything too hard for me? And then we have Philemon, which is on page 1492. The letter from Yeshua's emissary, Shaul, to Philemon. From Shaul, a prisoner, for the sake of the Messiah Yeshua and brother Timothy, to our dear fellow worker Philemon, along with sister Aphia, our fellow soldier Achippus, and the congregation that gathers in your home. Grace and shalom to you from God our Father and the Lord Yeshua the Messiah. I thank my God every time I mention you in my prayers, Philemon, for I am hearing about your love and commitment to the Lord Yeshua and to all God's people. I pray that the fellowship based on your commitment will produce full understanding of every good thing that is ours in union with the Messiah. For your love has given me much joy and encouragement. Brother, you have refreshed the hearts of God's people. Therefore, I would not hesitate in union with the Messiah to direct you to do the thing you ought to do. But since I, Shaul, and the kind of person I am, an old man, and now, for the Messiah Yeshua's sake, a prisoner besides, I prefer to appeal to you on the basis of love. My request to you concerns my son, of whom I became the father of while here in prison, one Simus. His name means useful, and although he was once useless to you, he has now become most useful, not only to you, but also to me, 
so that in returning him to you I am sending a part of my very heart. I would dearly have loved to keep him with me in order for him to serve me in your place while I am in prison because of the good news. But I didn't want to do anything without your consent so that the good you do for me may be voluntary and not forced. Perhaps the reason he was separated from you for a brief period was so that you could have him back forever, no longer as a slave, but as more than a slave, as a dear brother. And that he is, especially to me. But how much dearer he must be to you, both humanly and in union with the Lord. So if you are in fellowship with me, receive him as you would me. And if he has wronged you in any way or owes you anything, charge it to me. I shall write with my own hand, and I will repay it. I won't mention, of course, that you owe me your very life. Yes, brother, please do me this favor in the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Messiah. Trusting that you will respond positively, I write knowing that you will indeed do more than I am asking. One more thing. Please get a room ready for me, for I hope that through the prayers of you, all God will give me a chance to visit you. Epaphras, my fellow prisoner, for the sake of the Messiah Yeshua, sends greetings to you, as do Mark, Aristarchus, Demas, and Luke, my fellow workers. The grace of the Lord Yeshua the Messiah will be with your spirit. Oh, I feel like I need to read that one sentence again. One more thing. Please get a room ready for me, for I hope that through the prayers of you all, God will give me a chance to visit you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father God, for a great parashah. It was a short one today on this Shabbat, but very edifying. We definitely recognize that the rules are so important. And... uh, We humble ourselves before you as you instruct us. Father God, please be with those that are listening to us and give them a clear understanding of how important it is to get with the Word of God. To know all the details is to definitely to love you. To love you is to know everything about you, Lord. In the name of our Messiah, Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen.